morning, Acts chapter 1. We'll just begin in verse 1 and go down through verse 8 again. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, this, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. And, and dear God, I thank you for the Sunday school hour we've already had with the children, the adults, and your word going forth. Father, might uh, you bring forth fruit in our lives. And, and we pray for these children that they'd be saved at an early age and give their lives to you. And we pray for our, ourselves, Father, that each one being saved already that we would give and surrender our lives to you. Uh, Lord, I pray for the filling of your spirit to teach and preach your word today. Pray for my dear wife, fill her with your spirit also and in relaying, relaying the message in sign. Pray for all that are with us online. And uh, we look forward to the time we can all be back together. Uh, pray for those that are away, maybe watching online. And Father, may, uh, may you speak to every heart. I pray that your word would encourage Christians and, uh, and uh, those who don't know you yet as Savior also. That they may know that they can become a Christian in a moment. It only takes the cry of the heart to you for forgiveness and faith in the blood of Christ for the payment for sins is all it takes in a moment. Someone who's not a Christian can become one. 
in a moment the unforgiven sinner becomes a forgiven sinner which your word calls a saint and so father we we thank you that you've made it all possible through faith alone in Christ your son and I pray now that you'd bless the word going forth and draw us closer to you help us to be more more like your blessed son and help us to be careful to thank you and praise you for all you do uh, be with those in the nursery also fill with thy spirit watching the children today uh, continue to guide us and direct us as we serve you here and long for your return help us to be busy uh, Lord and found uh, glorifying your name I pray we pray and ask these things in Jesus name and for his glory amen amen you may be seated <coughs> So we began a brief series on power for the church here in Acts chapter 1. Um, last week uh, we saw uh, part 1, the confirmation of power uh, for the church. And we saw in the first chapter of uh, Acts 1 that we have an ever-living Savior. He showed himself alive after his passion, after his suffering. Uh, showed himself alive. Uh, and uh, uh, we have an ever-living Savior. We saw also last week we have power because we have his never-leaving spirit. He said, uh, he said uh, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I'm going to send the Spirit. And we understand from the Word of God that uh, today that happens the moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, the Spirit comes to live in your heart for all eternity. That is the Spirit of Christ. Uh, and uh, comes to live in the heart of every believer. Then thirdly, we saw last week, we have power because we have his everlasting scriptures. Uh, Jesus told them to wait for the promise of the Father. All those things we learned, and all that we learned about God, we learned from where? From the scriptures. And by the Holy Spirit, we have the preserved and powerful word of God. All these we have uh, to take to the world. By the way, it was these that brought us to God. Amen. And, uh, and has, 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 if you've been a Christian, this is what made you a Christian. Uh, trust in Christ to forgive you of your sins. When you heard the word of God and believed it, and then God put his spirit in your heart the moment you trusted him. That's your case if you're a Christian. Uh, if you're not, it can be. And, and it should be. You should take care of that. And ask Christ to forgive you of your sins. Uh, and, and save you. So part one was the confirmation of power for the church. And today we'll look at part two, uh, the clarification of purpose for the church. And we'll see that in these passages. Again, as we look this morning, as witnesses unto Christ, we are called to, number one, to be focused upon God's message. Number one, we are called to be focused upon God's message. Verse 6, when they were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, what is he talking about there? Well, if we understand the Bible, you read the Old Testament, uh, the nation of Israel was God's chosen people. God decided to work through Israel to show his glory. Israel at one time was a world power. It was the power of the civilized world. 
with God as their sovereign. They were a uh, they were ruled, ruled, ruled by God. They were they were what's that word a uh, a uh, theocracy. That's it. I was forgetting theocracy and there that theocracy ruled by God. Uh, they sinned against God time and time again and had to go into captivity. What were the disciples asking? Wilt thou again restore the kingdom to Israel? God has promised. He's going to reign this world from Israel again. He's going to exalt them again. Uh, and uh, all the, the prophets speak of that. Uh, certainly uh, 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 Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, uh, Micah, Joel, so many others uh, speak clearly in the end times, God is going to work through Israel again. It will be a, a, a millennial, a thousand years where Christ comes and he's king of the earth. and Israel be the, will be the exalted nation once again. Disciples were wondering about that. Uh, and uh, when exactly would that be? Jesus said, don't worry about that. God hasn't showed you that time, has he? I need you to focus on something else. And uh, they were concerned about unrevealed details of another age. They knew it was coming. But when would that be? Well, that wasn't told them. Nor has it told us the exact time in the word either. So Jesus says, well, it's, it's not for you to know that now. And you know, as I was thinking about that, praying and reading and preparing for the sermon today, I found it fitting that Christ would address such a question and give the answer that he gave to his disciples at the very inception of the church. Well, we want to know about this, Jesus. What, do, what does... What, we don't, we don't see it in your word how we can tell exactly when it will be. When will it be? Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you. Don't need to worry about knowing that. Huh. They were concerned about unrealed, unrevealed details of another age. Oh my goodness. That certainly is prevalent in Christianity today. It seems that Christians uh, want to know all the little details that God hasn't revealed. Uh, very fitting. Many believers today spend more time trying to discover and proclaim uh, uh, the things that are not clearly revealed in the scripture than they do trying to learn what is clearly revealed and how to apply that to their lives. Remember that statue that Daniel saw in his vision? And the statue we're told, uh, represents the kingdoms uh, uh, of the world up until the time of the end of the age. <laughs> uh, all the money that some so-called evangelists could have, if he could write a book and convince people that he knew exactly what the little toe on that statue meant. He knew exactly what person that would be or what that meant. <laughs> He'd probably, he'd probably get rich and if he could convince people uh, that, he, that he had enough scripture to know that. But you know, if you read your Bible, he, he doesn't. <laughs> but people, because they want to know things like that, you know, I want to know more, I want to know, know that. what's hidden there. Well, listen, let's, how about we just deal with the things that are revealed, amen? <laughs> let's do that first. 
By the way, that's the church's, great, church's greatest problem today is dealing with what God has clearly shown us. Amen? Being focused on the message that God has given us and living the life that God has given us to live for His glory. That's where the church is having the most problems today. Uh, someone said, the, problem, the problems I have with the Bible are not the things that I don't know, they're the things I do know. <laughs> and that's the things that God wants us to get right. And to, uh, and, and, and to realize that. Most of Christianity today have become like the heathens that Paul went to preach to in Athens when he was on his missionary journey. He went to Greece and came to Athens and he preached that sermon on Mars Hill there. Remember that? They had all kinds of idols for false gods. and The Bible says this about the Athenians. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. That's the way much Christianity has become today. You get some prophetic preacher, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be a Bible, there's going to be a conference on Revelation, there's going to be a study, and Christians will go here for, for that prophecy on Revelation, all, all that's going to happen at the end. There's a, there's a big study at this church, and there's one next week over at that church. There's a big prophecy conference over, over, you know, in another town about Revelation here and there. And on and on they'll go, Bible study after Bible study, learning things, frankly, that really don't apply to how they have to live their life today. Now, we ought to be learning the Scripture and learning all the Bible and learning things that are clear for us. Uh, uh, God wants us to learn all things that He's shown us. But we need to be careful that we don't get distracted on things that He hasn't told us. Trying to know every and every, you know, so many people, uh, they, they can tell you what, what, all, what all the preachers have said about Revelation and, uh, you know, who the, who, maybe who the Antichrist is going to be and all this and that. But the same person can't even take their Bible and go through the Roman, Romans road and lead somebody to Christ. Now, that's not glorifying to God. That breaks God's heart, I'm sure. And uh, they can tell you so many details about all these prophets, but can't just so someone take someone in the Bible and show them how to be saved. Show them how to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. That, 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 that's sad. That is true of, 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 of multiple Christians today. God wants us to learn the things that are clearly revealed, to apply them to our hearts and lives. Others would be able to tell them, but they're not living the kind of life that the person would even bother to listen to them. That's a sad story too. Applying these things. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. We may do all the words of this law. I was thinking about that verse. The things that are revealed belong unto us. That's a powerful phrase. Can I ask us ourselves this? The things that are revealed belong unto us. Have you claimed them? They're yours. They're mine. The things that are revealed belong unto us. Have we claimed them? <laughs> Have we said, this is the promise that I can claim, God. It's revealed. It's mine. By the way, 
the responsibilities that are clearly revealed. Have we claimed them? Amen. The Bible says they belong unto us. Have we said, this is my responsibility, God, by your grace, I'll walk in that. Have we claimed them? Things that are revealed belong unto us. By the way, and to our children. That means our children need to inherit them. They belong unto us and to our children forever. Are we passing on those known things, those promises that we can claim to our children? Letting them know them. By the way, are we passing on the responsibilities that are clearly revealed to our children, amen, to our grandchildren? Because they're ours. They belong unto us. Have we claimed them? Are we walking in them? We're going to miss the joy God has for us and the purpose in life if we don't claim those things, if we don't walk in them. Uh, he has them for us, and we ought to be focused. We need that, we need that focus upon God's message. Many can get too revealed or too, too preoccupied. Uh, they, get, uh, they want to learn all the un, uh, un, unrevealed uh, details of Scripture. And many times the same Christian, they want to know the, all the unrevealed details of living their own life. Well, what, what will I do for a job? What, my, what, what will my vocation be? Uh, you know, where, where will I, I go on this trip or that trip? Well, what does God want you to do today? Amen. What has he, I, I'm glad I'm in the house of God today. Amen. Because my Bible says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I'm where I should be. Amen. And no doubt about it. And by the way, if Lord tarries uh, and, and, and my strength remains, I'll be in the house of God tonight. Amen. Because there's no question for me where I need to be today. I may not know yet where I'm going to be tomorrow, but I know where I need to be today. Because that's the thing that's been revealed to me clearly, and I've claimed it for my own. The responsibilities and the blessings that come with it. He said, What? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. By the way, I expect that, amen. I claim that. He's here with us. He's going to do a work in my heart and your heart. And those who are listening with open hearts to receive whatever it is He has to say for us from the Word of God. We claim that, amen. They're for us. And I thank God, uh, thank God for that. He'll show us, but they worry about the things in their life they can't see. Psalm 16, 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. God will show us the path of life. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, preacher. Let me ask you this. I talked about being saved already. I talked about being a Christian, having your sins forgiven. God has shown you that in the Word. Have you, have you walked in the path that He has lightened? He's already lived a path for you already. He says every person's a sinner, and every person needs to trust Jesus Christ to be their Savior, to be forgiven. Have you done that yet? Well, no, I haven't done that yet, preacher. Then what difference does it make where you're going to be tomorrow? Amen. You haven't walked down the path that God has, has, has illuminated for you yet. You see, it's, it's the idea of walking with that flashlight shining at, at your feet one step at a time. Amen. You know what God says? Get saved. Get saved. Uh, behold what? Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. When does God want you to get saved? When you hear the gospel. <laughs> 
when you hear the gospel you say well I heard it last week preacher but I put it off well then you, sh you should have got saved last week but thank God you can get saved today amen uh, walk in, in the light that God gives you then he'll show you a step at a time where you're going in life but we need to walk in the what the things that he has revealed we're supposed to be reading our Bible, praying, going to church, uh, trust Christ uh, to forgive us of our sins. Uh, thy word is a lamp unto uh, my feet, a light unto my path. Uh, the psalmist wrote, Job said, I have esteemed the words of thy lips more necessary than my daily food. You know what God has revealed to us? Reading his word every day and meditating upon it and applying it to our hearts is more needful than our physical food. Our spiritual health is more important than our physical health. That's what the Bible has clearly revealed. You see, have we claimed that for ourselves? Are we, are we walking in that? Well, I'm not feeling too good, you know. My health sure is suffering, you know. Well, have you been reading your Bible? See, if we're not going to care about our, our spiritual health, how can we expect to have blessings regarding our physical health? God wants us to walk in the past that He's revealed for us and to be walking in those things, focused upon God's message. They wanted to know things that weren't revealed. <clears throat> God will show us. I know there's areas, gray areas, you know. It's not written in the Bible uh, uh, what job God wants you to work. But you pray about that. And by the way, God's able to make you sure what he wants you to do. If you're not sure God wants you to do it, don't do it, amen. When God shows you something you need to do, then do it. That's what we need to trust in, that God will show us. He said, that, he said that he would show us the path of life. He didn't say you'd discover it without him. He didn't say I'd discover it without him. You see, if I'm willing to do what God wants me to do, then he'll show me what he wants me to do. By the way, why should he show me if I'm not willing to do it? Isn't he God? Most people look at God and say, Now God, life's ahead of me. Here's what I want to do. And there's something out there you want to do. You show me what you want me to do. And, I, and I'll consider that with what I want to do. And I'll see which way I want to go. God don't work that way, folks. <laughs> why, should he, why should he show any of us what he wants us to do if we're not willing to do it? You see, he's God. He made us. He's... He's not waiting to put his will before us for our approval. <laughs> he wants us to trust him fully. You know, they who trust him what? Fully find him holy, find him wholly true. Amen. Trust him. And when he's working in our hearts to trust him, he'll show us as we learn to trust him, as he guides us, and as we follow in that. It's not for you to know. Jesus said to them. Uh, the times of the seasons. In verse 7 there. But then he says what? But. But here is what is for you. But ye shall receive power. 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And what? You shall be witnesses unto me. Here's what is for you. I'm thankful that this church and Bible-believing churches have maintained that focus. The most important message that we have as a church to get out is a message of the gospel of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And that we be the witnesses that God has called us to be. That we get that message out. Uh, Peter said in his preaching as he went on in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, he is preaching there at, at Pentecost. And he says, uh, 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 you know, the, the Spirit comes upon them and they, they begin to speak in all languages the wonderful works of God. What wonderful work! What wonderful works of God! What had just happened? Jesus Christ had died for the sins of the world. He was he was buried. He rose again the third day. He was seen forty days afterwards. And he went and told them, "You go tell the world that 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 he that Jesus Christ is the only one who can forgive sins. Whoever puts their faith and trust in Him can be forgiven. Turn in your heart from your sin." Ask forgiveness of Christ. Believe in Him. He will give you the gift of, uh, uh, of salvation. Uh, what, did, what did Peter preach in Acts 2.21? It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, here it is what? Shall be saved. That's pretty simple. Pretty revealed. Pretty clear. Pretty powerful. They're asking to know some things that weren't for them to know in their day. But I want to consider some things this morning that we do know in our day. That are clearly revealed. And they're given to us to claim. And to be responsible for. And to realize what are some things uh, that are clearly revealed to us today we can grab a hold of. There's many things we don't understand, that's for sure. Many things clear. This we know and understand today. We are in the last days. Did you know that ever since Jesus Christ went back to heaven, the Bible has called it the last days? That's when the last days, according to the Bible, started. It was when Jesus went back to heaven. Listen to what we know in these last days. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God who at sundry times, various times, and in divers manners, various manners, different, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Here it is, hath in what? These last days. By the way, that was over 2,000 years ago when the writer of Hebrews wrote that. In these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son. You know what I know today? You know what you know today? God has spoken to us by His Son. He has spoken to us by His Son. You see, it might have been prophets before. It might have been visions before in the Old Testament, but not today, folks. Now it's through. We have even a greater revelation. We have all those still, yes, amen, but we also have what? He has spoken to us through His Son. And there's something very special about that. You know why? Because John, 1, uh, John chapter 1 says what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John, well, John 1, 14 said, And the Word was made flesh 
and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Son of God is God in the flesh. God came to earth and put on a body. That's the one who has spoken to us so powerfully and mightily, mightily today. This we understand and know in these last days. Jesus, or Peter, speaking to us by the Spirit, he says how our sins are paid for, not with good works or money, he says, but in 1 Peter 1.19, but it's with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained, set in order, before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now it's been clearly revealed the only payment for sin is the blood of God's Son. And all who trust in Him get forgiveness of sins. This has been revealed, folks. This is what we know and understand in these last days. John talks about the last days. 1 John 2.18 Little children, it is the last time. Did you, did you get that? It is the last time. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists. That was back in John's day. Did you notice John wasn't too concerned about who the Antichrist would be? <laughs> he says there's many Antichrists. Well, aren't you concerned about which one is going to be the main Antichrist at the end of the world, John? Nope, he's not, apparently. <laughs> But John did proclaim there's been an Antichrist. You say, well, what does Antichrist mean, preacher? Antichrist is someone who denies what's been clearly revealed about Jesus Christ. That's an Antichrist. You see, anybody who doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh, the Bible says that person is an Antichrist. Any teaching that does not teach that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh is Antichrist. And there's a whole lot of churches that fit that category right now, folks. There's a lot of them that just say he's a prophet. A lot of them just say he was another angel. Uh, uh, he, was, he was a creation of God. No, he's God in the flesh. He made all things. And by the way, my Bible says about Jesus Christ, he was before all things. <laughs> He didn't make anything. He's uncreated. He's one with God. He made the worlds. And at some point uh, uh, in, in, in eternity past, if we look at that, he decided, God the, Son, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, decided that God the Son would put on a body and come down to earth and die for all of mankind and rise again. That's what the Bible teaches. And by the way, those who deny that are Antichrist. Antichrist. And John says they're all over. Uh, John wasn't, didn't seem too, wor too worried about which one it was, though. In, John, in, in John's gospel, he gave us the whole purpose for writing his gospel. He said, Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, John 20, 30. Which are not written in this book, 
But, but these are written. Here's why I wrote you this letter, John says, about the Gospel of John. But these are written that you might believe, here it is, that Jesus is the Christ. That means he's God come in the flesh. He is the one in whom dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The anointed one. That's who the Christ is. But these are everything you might believe. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And what? That believing you might have life through his name. Isn't that wonderful? What a powerful message you and I have to focus on. Amen. That Jesus Christ came in the flesh. God came to us in the flesh. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which being, which being interpreted as God with us, the Bible says. And Peter, in his message, said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Acts, uh, Acts chapter 2, in preaching, preaching on there, he says, That's what these, these days have come to pass, he says. Uh, He says in, uh, in verse uh, 36, he said, well, who is the Lord? If Peter says, Whosoever, the days are coming to pass, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, who is that? Well, he tells us. Look at Acts 2.36. Let let, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, what's it say? Both Lord and Christ. When you call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, you're calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. He is the Lord. You see, these things, brethren, are clearly revealed to the church. This is the message of the gospel. We must call upon him. And so Peter told them to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent and believe. That's what saves you. Be baptized. That means you, Peter uh, would preach later and show us that uh, to be baptized is for after you're saved. When you believe and, and get saved, you are supposed to be baptized. It's not saying that baptism saves you. It's the first thing a Christian does to please the Lord after they're saved. That's another study. We've studied that deeply here. Uh, calling upon him to be saved. These things we know. It's the Lord now. It's salvation through Christ. He's the Lord. What else do we know? Romans three nineteen, That the law was given that all the world may become guilty before God. We know that. And by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Romans 3.20. We know that. We know that. And we have what? That blessed passage, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Isn't it amazing all that we know in these last days? 
Jesus says, no, not, 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 this, not this stuff you're asking about, guys, but this right here. Get this message out. Get it clear. Be focused on the message. Get that message out. You say, well, what about, what about if people don't want to hear it, preacher? What about how they respond? Look at Ezekiel chapter 2. The Old Testament prophet Ezekiel chapter 2. God's going to send him to preach his word that he has for the people at the time there. In Ezekiel chapter 2 uh, and verse 5. Ezekiel 2, 5. God says, go preach this message, Ezekiel. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, ye yet shall know there hath been a prophet among them. Look at Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 7. Thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear, whether they will forbear, for they are, they are most, most rebellious. Look at Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 11. Go, get thee to them of the, of the captivity. Uh, look at the end of the verse. Thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. God says it doesn't matter. Go tell them. They may hear. They, they, may, they may not listen. But either way, you will have told them the word of God. And they, and, and, and they can respond. You see, when we, when we give the gospel out, some will believe there's no God. You say, what happens to them? Well, they'll be condemned. They don't change. Some will believe that uh, uh, some will not believe that God has sent His Son. After we tell them the gospel, what will happen to them? Well, they'll be condemned if they don't change their mind. Some will believe uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that that they haven't sinned; their sins aren't bad enough uh, to send them to hell. After they hear the gospel, what happens to them? Well, they'll be condemned unless they change their mind. Some will uh, believe that God wouldn't send anyone to hell. What happens to them? They'll be condemned unless they don't change their mind. Some will not believe that. that some, some will believe that doing enough good works will get you to heaven after we tell them the gospel. What happens to them? They'll be condemned unless they change their mind. Some will uh, not believe there's, uh, there, there, there's only heaven and hell. Uh, they'll believe there's a purgatory. And you can take care of your, get your sins taken, in purga taken care of in purgatory and worry about it then. What will happen to them? They'll be condemned unless they change their mind. Some will, not believe, some will not believe there's only one way to heaven. But they'll believe there's many ways to heaven. What will happen to them? They'll be condemned unless they change their mind. Some will not want to think about these things. They'll, it'll be too, too much for them to handle a heaven and a hell. And they won't make a decision. What will happen to them? They'll be condemned unless they change their mind. Some will believe that God has sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for their sins and to rise again. They will feel the conviction of the Spirit and be sorry for their sins. And they will call upon Jesus Christ to forgive them and save them and give them the gift of eternal life, which is the only way you can save it. What will happen to them? They will be saved and have a home in heaven. Amen. Folks, these things we know. 
and we have a wonderful message to focus on and proclaim. And the last point, and it'll be a quick one. First of all, we must be, as witnesses, we must be focused upon God's message. And then secondly, we need to be faithful to God's mandate. Faithful to God's mandate. Jesus says, oh, don't worry about those details you're asking about, but this. You should be witness unto me. He says, you need to go. You need to go. You see, most of uh, us in here, all of us in here, and, and probably many watching online, you know the gospel. We know the gospel. It's found in 1 Corinthians 15. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. And we know that believing it is what gets someone saved. Romans 1.16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek so we got the gospel that's what saves we got believing it that's how you get saved by believing the gospel and now what, what does God say now go now go and tell now go and share it the mandate the mandate go how did they do well, in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, the Bible says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. You see, at first they didn't obey. They all made a group there and they stayed at Jerusalem. And you know what happened? God sent persecution, didn't he? And he scattered them. God probably would have rather they would have just obeyed. But they didn't. He said, Go in all the world, preach the gospel. They huddled in Jerusalem. This is after he had, he had sent the Spirit. So he sent persecution, and they went everywhere what? Preaching the gospel. What they were supposed to do. What they were supposed to do. How well did the church do? The first century church, Colossians 1.5. Paul was giving thanks for the hope which is laid up in heaven and for believers. We know that salvation is eternal. Christ is coming back for us. He says, when you heard in the word of the truth, the gospel, he says, which has come unto you, here it is, as it is in all the world. Sounds like they got it out. He says in verse 23 of Colossians uh, 5, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. All the world. By the way, uh, uh, Bible students tell us that studying these phrases here, it, it's referencing the known civilized world, the whole, all of the Roman Empire. When Paul found out about the church of, of, of uh, church at Rome, everybody he wrote a letter to them. Guess what? He didn't start that church. <laughs> Someone who got preached to went there and, and, and started that church. We don't know exactly who it was. And uh, there's evidence that the gospel spread as far as Britain uh, and even, even Spain. All of the Roman Empire. They reached their civilized world, so to speak. They did a good job. How are we doing? We need to get that gospel out, amen? And, uh, and, 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 and be, be preaching that message. Uh, that's, I want you to focus upon the, on the message. Focus upon the mandate. Yes, we learn the whole Bible, but don't forget the main thing. 1 Corinthians 4.2 It is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. 
You know, I think about Jesus. He said, as my father has sent me, what? Even so send I you. What did Jesus say? For the, in John 3, 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, what? But that the world through him might be saved. What did Jesus say in Luke 19, 10? The son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. As God sent, the Father sent me, so send I you. What did he say to Pilate? I am come, what? To bear witness of the truth. We have the same sending. Jesus says, for right now, church, I've shown you the power that's available to you. And now I've clarified your purpose. Be focused on that message and be faithful to that mandate. Because you know, it doesn't matter how many prophecies a person can explain if they're not born again. Amen. Then unbelievers need to be born again. And by the way, if they get born again to the hearing the gospel, that's when the Spirit will enter them and it'll never leave them nor forsake them. And they'll be in heaven forever. They may only know John 3.16. But they'll know the rest of the Bible then. Amen. And hopefully they'll learn as much as they can while they're here. Just like we ought to. But don't, don't get distracted on the focus. You see, don't be weary in the well-doing. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4.1, closing. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm glad this church has been used of God in getting the gospel out. I mentioned this past Wednesday, I think everybody here may have heard it, Brother Brian was, was away, but we were able, but knows about it, we were able to give away uh, uh, the little extra money in the general fund. We were able to send $3,000 Dollars, thousand to three different missionaries to help uh, in 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 their needy condition, and we sent uh, a thousand to the Talkingtons. We sent a thousand to uh, Brother Bernard, and a thousand to the missionaries that we can't name publicly, because they're all needy right now. Not only are we uh, being able to be witnesses here, we have the witnesses around the world through our missionaries, and by it's only by God's grace that we don't lose that focus. You know, that we continue uh, uh, to uh, uh, go ahead in the ways that God uh, will lead and show us. Uh, and going ahead, I know one of the things that uh, uh, I'm going to do in the weeks to come, uh, I'm thinking, thinking about this. I, I've been doing a lot, of, lot more studying, a lot more reading, and, and uh, spending a lot more time in preparations and such. Um, but... Uh, how do we go forward? I know one of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to go down. My, my, my computer, I don't know, lasts about an hour, maybe two. But I'm going to, I got, I got a sheet of paper. I'm going to, I, it's like a sign on the back of my laptop. And it says, I, I put it on the wrong way. I got ready to go. It says, it says, are your sins forgiven? Do you have a home in heaven? Do you want to talk? I'm going to go down there and sit and work on the park bench. I'm going to have that sign flipped over. Put some masks beside me. Be an empty seat beside me. And I'll be working on some of my sermons down there. 
You see, well, that won't be as comfortable uh, as, as, as in the building. No, it won't be. But that's okay, amen. Because I might get to talk to somebody about Jesus, amen. Somebody might want to sit, along, sit down along beside me and say, tell me what's up. <laughs> might get a chance to do that. Maybe God will show us some other ways where we can be a witness and, 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 and get that gospel out. I'm thankful. As I, knew you, as I know you are, that one day somebody told me, amen. <laughs> one day somebody told me. And I don't want that to end with me. I want that to go on to others. Amen. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. And God, I, I thank you for Jesus, your, your blessed son. And Lord, you are coming back. We don't know when. We do know it could be today. Lord, you're coming back in the air, you told us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This we know clearly. It's going to be suddenly. You'll descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together uh, with you in the clouds to meet you in the air, and so shall we ever be with you. You've told us that in your word. So help us to be looking for that, dear Lord. But also help us in the opportunities you give us, whether it's at work, whether it's at, in the neighborhood, whether it's passing out tracks uh, somewhere, Father. Help, whether it's... Uh, even in prayer for, for our missionaries as they go. Help us to be ever involved and entrenched in getting this message of the gospel out, being obedient in it, focusing not only in the message, but being faithful to the mandate. And Father, as we do that, I believe we'll continue to see your blessings upon us and learn even more of your will you have for us in glorifying you in this life. Father, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.